Welcome back, everybody, to the John GRLs podcast. I, of course, am John G, the title character in John GRLs. But I wouldn't be the John GRLs podcast without my podcast partner, the man who puts the else in everything else, Tommy Else. How are you, Tommy? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm great. So let's talk about the intro there. Um, I would like to refer you back to the... Um, uh, an episode we did uh it hasn't aired yet it won't air until after this actually but uh the last one we recorded i told you that you were like you were right on point you you were right there you were like 99 percent about to nail it and then you swerved and you lost it at the end i feel like you've digressed major i knew you were gonna say that i mean like you just like this isn't even close to i mean so i would go back and and listen let's see the to the to the game footage you know i'd I'd go back and watch the game tape you know maybe just you know like i said i mean you know this was you know because here's the thing i mean the back end of this one not bad you know but you know a lot of enthusiasm you know you just flew you know very fluid through the intro there but you had to make a big deal about how you're like the, the the title name on the thing and stuff. Again, this is where I was trying to add some pizzazz this to is it. Where ego and your 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 the your bully side comes out, where you like to pick on pick on me for no reason. So well, I think we should move right along. Always let's, let's let's just push that in the past and move right well, along. Well, it's just I it's part of my job to make you better. So thank you. There you go. Uh, how are you doing today, John? I was doing okay. I was feeling good about things. <laughs> Until now, now I'd probably like to just go on the couch and cry for a little bit. Man, it's how a beautiful day. Did you get out on a run or anything today? I did. I did uh, 12 miles this morning. Mm. I'm up to wow. 1,350 for the year. Wow. Wow. That's big. That's a lot. So does your year... Um, you don't run in the winter time, right? I have been, yeah. I, I don't run as much because Chicago winters are insane. But I, I probably averaged about yeah, two to three miles a day. I only like to run outside. So so what's the cutoff for like if you say I ran so many miles in, two, in, in 2021? I mean, does it go all the way to December 31st? Is this just how many miles yeah. you run from January? Well, the goal January? is to run 2021 miles in 2021. Right. That's true. So if I reach that goal, I will certainly taper off. When I reach that goal, I will taper off, but I'll still keep running. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had suggested that next year you you do the same, but increase by one mile for the 2022. Well, that's the whole concept. You run the year. So, yes. Well, you gave me pushback the last time I said that. You were like, oh, I don't know. You know, and I'm like, well, I just said, I don't know if I'm going to do it next year. Yeah. Not to add one mile. If I do it, I certainly would add one mile. Okay. All right. You know, I think we should jump into something that we both agree on. Though. What's that? Our interview with Jennifer Haas. Yes, we have a we have a guest. We have a guest today. Uh, very exciting. Anytime somebody comes on the show, but um, you actually brought this young lady to my attention, and uh, she has quite an impressive background. Why don't you uh, kind of fill in everybody about uh, who we're going to be talking to in a minute? Well, she, she's got a very interesting background. She is a two-time Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. She's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. She recently had uh, a couple of competitions in the gi and non-gi, which we will learn about in the interview. Yep. Um, she also um, 
fairly recently, at least in her adulthood, discover that she is the daughter of uh, WWE wrestler Tito Santana. Yes, that's right. And now she herself is actually uh, dipping her toes in the water of professional wrestling and uh, has uh, already had her first training session and is, uh, you know, going to see where that where that takes her. So we'll we'll get to talk to her about that and uh, a bunch of other things. So uh, why don't we uh, welcome to the show our, our, our new friend, uh, Jennifer Haas. This is John from the John GRL's podcast. Joining me as always is Tommy Els, my co-host. And with us today, as we go on the beat, is Jennifer Haas, two-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu champion. Hi, how are you, Jennifer? I'm really good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hi, Thank you for coming on. Yeah, welcome to the show. So he did say I was a two-time uh, world champion. That was at Purple Belt, now um, at Brown Belt. And I just had nationals this past week. I won in the Gi. Um, my first tournament as a brown belt, and then I got second in um, no gi. So that was pretty cool. Oh, oh congratulations. What is the difference between gi and no gi? Obviously, besides the gi itself. So, the, well, you wear the gi, and you can use any grips you can get a hold of. So, like, I guess it would translate better to a street fight because you could use clothing as well. But, like, you have the gi on, and then there's, like, lapel grips, there's pants grips. Like, you can just grip anything Whereas Nogi, you can't really grab their clothes and like twist it around them to choke it, to choke them. So wow. do, do, do you prefer either? You know, I really like Nogi only because I'm lighter, like the Gi weighs a few pounds itself. And so I'm lighter and I feel quicker in Nogi, but um, it's a lot easier for me to control someone in Gi because I, I have that grip and I can maneuver them around and keep, keep hold of them. How many years have you been... Uh, uh competitive with this so um i've been training for about seven years uh a little bit over seven years and i started competing gosh as a white belt probably i would say like seven months in i think yeah so yeah totally totally green like competing i remember my first competition um it was it was a nogi and then the next day was gi and i think it was like my second match i stepped back and twisted my own ankle like my ankle swelled up like a golf ball and i didn't get on the podium the first day and then the next day i'm like i'm go like i don't care what i have to do i'm gonna compete and then i i actually won that one so i got gold i'm like yeah i, I just oh. won't walk on it i'll just like stay in place and it'll be fine wrap it up real tight and i was good to go yeah, I've I've done uh, professional wrestling, and I'd say like ninety five percent of any injuries I've ever had was me like you know walking into a wall or something stupid like that. I mean, it's like it's never it's never come from in the ring. I've rolled my ankle walking and things like that. It's just it's never it's never the thing you think is gonna injure you. <laughs> um, well, it, I have the weird of like being super good with my balance but then also like sometimes clumsy like I've, I've tripped over my own feet and like like fell flat out and so <laughs> it's a strange combo now what is your next step you uh, training for a black belt what do you need to do to get that black belt 
So it's not just about training and competing, you know, which is like what I've been used to this whole time. The, my coach is Fretzen Pashao. So he wants like a well-rounded student as a black belt, as a black belt, you should be able to teach all the lower belts and, and run a class. And so I'm starting an all girls class. I've taught that, uh, our class a few times just to get to know, like how to explain a move, how to get in the, into it, how to get out of it understanding the body concepts of what's happening, why you're doing this, why you're putting pressure here, why you're putting pressure there, um, being able to explain it and get someone who is a brand new baby at jujitsu to understand it. So I think just teaching classes has helped me. And then when I teach, um, I think with anything, like when you teach, you understand it better because as opposed to just going with what your body feels like, you have to break it down and you have to understand the concepts. So being totally well-rounded, like being a teacher, being a good student, being a good competitor, those are all things that he's going to look at when he feels it's time to, you know, award that black belt and stuff. I see. And how, and how do you like teaching? I like it. Um, I, I've gotten better at it. Like at first I was like, I don't know how to explain this, but now that I've kind of broken down uh, it helps me understand better. And I like it because I get a better knowledge coming out of it, uh, of myself and my own body mechanics. So I actually appreciate teaching a lot. Yeah. I, I, I've done some teaching with, um, with, with someone with pro wrestling and it, it, and it's true that, you know, as you teach others, it almost sharpens your own skills because you become so much more aware of, you know, the preciseness of what you're doing, why you're doing it. It's like you're you're sort of relearning yourself as you're teaching somebody else. So it, it's I think it's very rewarding to get to do that. Yeah, and it definitely develops patience because sometimes, like, I mean, I know when he's explained moves to me, sometimes it's like, whoosh, and I oh sure you know, yeah, <laughs> and so now I kind of have the other side like oh like yeah. obviously like I can't just say the same thing over and over again because it's not gonna translate to someone like you have to come up with a different way and try and explain it in a way they're going to understand it, which is going to be different for everyone. Absolutely. Now, is this something that you wanted to do when you were, uh, when you were very young, when you were growing up? Were you athletic? Did you foresee doing this? Well, when I was young, I think I was athletic. Um, I did gymnastics uh, and I skated uh, artistically, competitively. So um, I was always physically active. I cheered through high school. Um, and I kept the gymnastic background pretty good. Like I was able to do some stunts on my own um, during cheer, not like backflips with no hands and stuff, but like basic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I hadn't trained since I was like 12 or something. But then in my town, like it was such a small town, the only thing there was was karate. And so I took karate for a number of years, got to brown belt and karate. And it was like a mix of like boxing and karate. So I we did stand up like to get our belt tests. We had to do... Um, a certain number of rounds stand up. So I, I was able to do that, but there was nowhere to train jujitsu when I was in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was going to ask about that. Where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? So originally I'm from Pennsylvania. It's Reading. It's like an hour and 15 minutes outside of Philly. Mm -hmm. But like I grew up, grew up in a small town outside of there. So like my elementary school, high school, college were all in like a three mile vicinity. Like, oh wow, everyone knew each other and <laughs> tiny, <laughs> tiny town. And so, what is uh, what does your family think about uh, about you doing this? 
Uh, we always were a physically active family. Like my uncles actually started it before I did. And so my two older uncles used to roll all the time. And because uh, then as time went on, we all moved out. Like my entire family moved out to Las Vegas. Um, and then some of them moved back. So by that time, there was jujitsu schools opening up. Uh, mm -hmm. They had to travel pretty far, but there was one they went to. And so they actually started taking it before I did. And so then finally I started taking it and I, I rolled with them a few times and, you know, I didn't know anything and they were able to teach me stuff. So it's pretty cool. But like our whole family is, is very athletic. We're always in the gym and stuff like that. Well, that's cool. Well, how did you develop your submission move or do you do different submission moves depending on your opponent? It, you know, I try not to think about what I want to go with. Like if I'm learning a move, sometimes I will focus on trying to get into that move and trying to get that submission done in training. But when I'm in competition, my mind's like totally blank. I will just go wherever my body feels. I don't even think about it. Like my body just goes and whatever, whatever comes. I usually get in, uh, I have a very active guard. So like, and I'm flexible. So triangles tend to get there a lot. Um, but then if I don't get that, like I transition to Omoplata. So it, it just kind of depends where I'm at. Like this last one in Nogi, I was down on points and then I was able to get like her foot. I tried, I tried a knee bar. I was too far down on her leg. And then I tried like a toe hold, but ran out of time. So kind of whatever I see. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that. And then I just kind of <laughs> go in for the kill. But <laughs> Yeah, I would think that would make sense. You, If you go in with a predetermined plan and it doesn't apply to the opponent and the situation, it's not going to serve you at all. So you'd have to yeah. go in and, and just feel them out. Um, so you, uh, you're you now taking an interest in pro wrestling, I understand. Yeah, so I actually, my biological father was uh, Tito Santana. What is Tito Santana? He wrestled as yeah. Tito Santana. So um, when I did an interview, they had asked if I'd like to try out pro wrestling. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm always into trying new things. So I had my first session. I learned some stuff. Like we ran the ropes, which, um, you know, I probably didn't look that great doing. I was, <laughs> but aside from that, like the roles were pretty good. Uh, mm -hmm. I worked on bumps, which that is going to take a little bit more practice too. But I had a few ones that were really good. Uh, so today actually is going to be my second session and we'll see, hopefully I've improved a little bit, but it, I mean, oh. it's super fun, it's super fun. And I, it, it was a really good workout. So can I ask how you felt when you took your first bump? Because that can be kind of a scary notion of just throwing yourself backwards. I mean, yeah, it, it was so like they had, they had me practice just from like sitting and then yeah. throwing back so I did that a bunch of times until I kind of got the knack I mean I don't have the knack but like the best it, it was gonna get that day sure, and yeah. then I'd be kind of doing it from a squat and so first I, I could feel myself tense up and I'm like oh and it was only like from a squat like you're not falling back very far at all you know but still like just the concept of throwing yourself backward kind yeah. of yeah I I, I try to explain that to people that it's just it's such a mental block you got to get past it's just not natural for you to, to do that and because I started similarly holding the the second row you know yeah. knees bent and then kick back into the into the bump but then when you go that little that couple extra feet up to a standing position suddenly seems like a much bigger fall <laughs> it does they, they 
they had me like run the ropes and then the very last one like uh do it from standing mm-hmm. and some of them i just totally like i totally chickened out on some i'm like oh i could and then like it, it was horrible like one leg went up the other one didn't like it, it was it was a hot mess but hopefully it'll be better well with with time you get to a point where you'll do it without even thinking about it it's just in the beginning it that's that's very common though i that's why i was asking the, about the first bumps because that honestly is really the scariest part of the whole thing everything else is much is 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 real easy to just kind of you know accept and and work into but the bumping is you know that that can be a little mentally challenging to to get past um so i thought i saw uh where did you have your first session at um super beast training compound okay all right and that's in vegas right yeah that's in vegas okay and that's and you're going to be training there from now on no, I'm actually not training there. There's uh, another one we found. I think um, I actually don't know the location yet, but we'll, we'll see today. So my trainer has it. Good, good. What do you hope today or how far or where do, would you like to take wrestling? I don't know. I mean, I guess like how cliche, like sky's the limit, but um, it would be nice to be able to, and I think I touched on this in one of my other interviews, like I work for the school district, which is, you know, your basic job, which has job security, stuff like that. And, and I like it, but at the same time, like if I could get paid to do something I am in love with, like sure. that's all. So like if you can make a living out of something you totally would do anyways for free, sure. that, that, that would be my goal. Right now. Well, Absolutely. that's good. That's good. Um, have you, uh, have you gone to like any independent shows at all? No, we went to, I think I was at a WWE show cause my brother, my son are like total fan. My whole family is fans. So like I've yeah. watched, you know, growing up watching WWF, WWE, but I haven't gone to like a local one, but there's some coming up that I plan on attending. So cool. Well, growing up. I heard the, oh, sorry. Tommy. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead, John. Go ahead. I heard the interview you did with Hannibal. Very, very good interview. You had talked about your mom and your grandmother being big wrestling fans back in the day. Yeah, they, they were like, they, my great grandmother started it. So she started, she was like a huge wrestling fan and my mom just did not want any parts of it. And she finally convinced her to go and they ended up meeting Haystacks Calhoun that day. And then it just kind of took off. They went to all of the shows. Like my mom became super close with Andre the Giant. Uh, yeah. They were really good friends. Uh, they were together all the time. Like she traveled with him all over, like Jersey, New York. I bet um, she's got some stories. Yeah, stories. We're trying to. I'm trying to get her to write a book because you, you would not believe some of the backstage stuff that that she has encountered. And people, I think people would be really interested in it because you you don't see oh. that side of it. So absolutely, it'd be a really unique perspective to to hear about that from. That's, that's very cool. And it's neat. I, you know, I, it's funny. I, I, I hear so many people talk about when they're growing up, it's, it's not, I, I, I hear less and less that, well, my dad was real into it or my uncle was real into it. It's, it's grandma was a big wrestling fan. And I think that's, I think that's awesome. You know, I know there's been a lot of grandmothers out there who have been influential on people because they, they watched wrestling, you know, and that just made it even cooler because their grandma was into it. So 
Yeah, and we I have pictures. My my grandmother actually gave me pictures of my great grandmother and my uncle in the ring because they would be in the ring after the matches, after mm -hmm. the shows, and they could like mess around and like my great grandmother who probably I mean she was probably like in her 60s at the time and so or like 50s 60s and she's like getting her head slammed into the turnbuckle yeah. by my uncle who's like six you know like it yeah. was just the, the greatest playground i guess you could ever ask for as a kid absolutely what do your family think about your uh, fledgling wrestling career me i mean they're excited they're they always support me in whatever i decide to do so they always you know want the updates and they're like as long as you know your your body can take it i think that's the biggest thing like mm. wrestlers put such a strain on their body and you know jujitsu does that too to, to a certain extent but as long as you know i stay healthy and and just do what is in my ability to do and not not go crazy until i get the foundation absolutely absolutely um, so I hear that you are in uh, a muscle and fitness contest going on I right am. now. Yeah, so it's it's a muscle and fitness contest sponsored sponsored by Muscle and Fitness, obviously. And there is different groups. I was in it last year, and I think I got like fourth in my group. And so this year, uh, I'm so thankful to everyone who's voted. There are actually people who you can like buy votes and support a cause. And someone actually bought me some votes yesterday, which was super cool. So thank you. Um, but I'm actually second or when I checked last, I was second in my group. And so they narrow it down. I think it started with like 30 girls and then it was cut to like 15 today maybe it goes to 10 and then it goes to five and then it's like three two one and then once you get the winner of your group then the winner of all the groups start a big group again and then go back down and then they cut them out and so it's based on votes and you can vote through facebook i have it on my facebook and you would win uh you get to be featured on the cover of muscle and fitness and then you get like a twenty thousand dollar cash prize that you can choose to do with what you want if you want to invest it in yourself or others or yeah. like athletic stuff so it's super it, it was a super good opportunity i was super excited um last year when i did it i actually it kept popping up on my instagram feed and so i filled out um it was like, fill out these questions and put your photos in. And so I was like, oh, I might try this. I put three photos in, but then I was like, nah, it's, it's probably not for me. And so I didn't fill out the biography at all. And then the contest started. I was in the contest and I'm like, wait a second. I never even finished the application. And so <laughs> you already have started, a shot. I was yeah. like, well, I better get on board. Yeah. So, and then I did pretty well. So it was, you know, kind of encouraging. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it this year. You know, got the questions before the contest started and stuff like that. So, so <laughs> what, you, you, told, you told a funny story though, on the one interview, how um, somebody, you would, you were talking to one of your friends about voting and he kind of chided you and said, you know, that you shouldn't be asking for votes, which I think is totally ridiculous. I think you should totally ask for votes. We support that completely. I just thought that was a funny story. I know I I was so it, I was so taken back because it was you know the first time I was in it I really didn't put it out there on my social media at all because I'm like well it, I, I don't know like I just wasn't I don't want to ask for votes and so like a few like close friends I like sent a message to like I'm this contest you know would you mind voting and yeah the message I got back was you know <laughs> totally like 
no, I'm not going to do that for you. It's cheating. And I was like, but that's how everyone gets their votes. You know, like, right. You know, we're friends, like support me. It's not like you're picking like a horrible person to win this. I don't know. I, I was so no, like, it, it's a, it's an even so playing field. Way. If everyone else can do it, it's an even playing field. You're not, you're not cheating. So yeah. Um, the rules. You're totally fine. What what is what is like the criteria that's there that's being judged? Is it is it your photo? I mean, is it is it your physical appearance? Is it is it is it your background as well? I mean, like what are what what are people like like what are you getting separated against like with the other girls? So I think this was uh, I think this was his point that it's more of like a popularity contest, which mm -hmm. you know I've seen some of other girls were like I don't want to go in that because it's kind of like a popularity contest, which kind of I guess it is because I don't really know what I'm getting judged on. Like there's different aspects, but there's pictures of myself, so I guess like physique. There's like I put headshots on there, and you can decide what pictures you want. So there's like headshots. There's shots of me at jujitsu, like on the podium. There's shots in like bikinis because everyone loves a good swimsuit picture. Um, but then there's also like questions like, "What does fitness mean to you?" Yeah, I don't know yeah. how many people actually read that, but like I, you know, I was yeah. like, yeah, I really want this to be important. Like this, this should be. No, um, I think it should. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> to select, and then like, what are you gonna do with the money? Like, I think that's super, super big. Like, I had read some last year where they're like, "I'm gonna go on vacation." I'm like, "That's cool," but like. You're getting this money that's not even really yours if you win. Like you should do something good and like put back in the community at least. So I guess it depends. But I mean, when I'm like, please vote for me, I don't I don't know what they're voting for. Like a lot of people who follow me do vote, so I'm not really sure why they think I would be good for it. But um, well, we're gonna we're gonna put links up on our page and our Facebook pages and stuff, and we're gonna try to drive some uh, some votes your way and 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 help the cause. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd appreciate that. We're we're gonna do our, our best to rally the troops and see and see if we can't uh, help make a dent in that there for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Therefore, I saw on uh, on, on your uh, latest Instagram, you were talking about uh, doing some uh, training with your daughter now. Yeah, so we, I, I did post, we had decided to come up with like a fitness page and it's it's totally under construction. We don't really know where we want to go with it. And I, I have to confess, like she's been a lot better about posting on it and things like that. But how old is she? She's 18 now. So okay. yeah, we're based, we basically look, we basically look like twins, I I'm guess. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure. yeah. <laughs> Like we we the very first post, um, she had taken this picture in a bikini, and so I'm like, I'm gonna take the same picture, and so like I tried to take it the exact same way, and like it's not it's not hard to tell, but like if you don't know, it's like it might be a little bit hard sure. to tell yeah. which one's which, you know. And so we're like, we sh she wanted to start a fitness channel. I'm like, we should do it together, you know. There's not really a lot of like mother daughter ones. Like mm -hmm. I think. It good at least to start it so we're like in the beginning stages we kind of put po she posts workouts more than I do but I posted like a squat workout once um and then like I am a huge uh proponent of like how much water you drink really helps your health and so Absolutely. like I, I've done a Absolutely. post about that um but she's definitely been better about it but I mean we don't really know where it's gonna go we're just throwing it out there trying it something that's something new, that's so. that's great and you know what that's you know that's 
the way it goes is you start off somewhere, you have kind of a general idea and you just kind of move forward and you'll end up somewhere you never suspected when it's yeah. all said and done. So that's great. I'm, I'm happy for you. That sounds very cool. Yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd be trying out pro wrestling and here I am like working yeah. now yeah. with bruises all over my back. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of fell backwards into into getting into the business myself. So I understand it's just yeah, but there's things in life that, you know, just present the opportunity. And it's like, why not? You know, you take the chance and see where it goes. Yeah. And I think the more like you own who you are, the more chances of where you're supposed to be will will happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, John, do you have anything else? No, before we let you go, Jennifer, is there anything you want other than your uh, health and fitness um, magazine? Is there anything else you want to promote at all? Um, I'm always trying to promote like my Instagram page. It's it's uh, I love, you know, having extra followers. And if you want to follow our um, fitness page, my page is jhaas1228. And then our fitness page is jhaas fitness. So um, okay. if you want to give those a look, like, follow, that'd be great. We'll post all that up with uh, with this interview and everything, and let everyone have a chance to to see you and see uh, your uh, your progress and and everything else. So, yeah. thank you so much for, for hopefully being down with the line. Us. Hopefully down the line, we can we can get an update from you too as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we would love to check in and down the road and see how things are going. So. Well, thank you again for taking the time to be with us. We really appreciate it. Um, I think you have a very uh, interesting story, a fascinating life. And uh, and again, I think I, I would, I'm very interested to see where things go for you. And I would very much encourage your mother. You can tell her to write that book. Yeah, I wanna, absolutely. I, I, I want to read that book. So Me too. Tell, I want to tell her, tell her the, the two podcast guys said to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get stories out of her. Like every day there's like a new story. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like people would eat this up, you know? Like well, maybe you all... maybe you should just start writing them down as she's telling them and then just yeah, compile them and put it out. And then <laughs> 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 all right jennifer well thank you so much for being on and 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 again we appreciate it good luck to you and uh and be well thank you thank so you, much jennifer. it's right. a pleasure thank you jennifer have a good day take you care too. well everybody that was jennifer haas and again we're grateful for her to come on the show and be with us uh i think you know a lot of interesting stuff there i didn't know about the gi and no gi uh stipulations in jiu-jitsu competition and that was, a good, that was a good question and it made sense and uh i can see it's funny because as she's telling me some of these things i'm equating them to things in like professional wrestling because yeah if you fight a guy who's just like in trunks and boots i mean you don't have any gear really you know aside from his trunks to you know maybe do a schoolboy or you know hold him by the trunks or something like that but some people wear gear that you could actually use against them as a, as a weapon and, and, and stuff. I've, you know, had my ring jacket used to, to choke me before and, and things like that and uh, various. But I wonder why they would have a gi, a gi competition. I understand the no, the not, the no gi because it's strictly mano a mano. I wonder why they would have a, a, a gi competition. Well, that would have been a good question to ask her. If you were a better well, reporter, were a better reporter, you might have thought of that while we were in there. But I, I might uh, have. 
But uh, yeah, we could do that in our next interview. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I if I had a, if I had to take a guess, and this is just purely a guess, I would think that it's probably somewhat tradition. I think the ghee has been around for a long time, and uh, it's um. I would think that the no ghee is probably like a newer. Uh, I would think that would be the newer uh, way of 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 competition if i had a guess i know nothing about well this. i'll tell you what i will look this up and and have the answer for a future podcast there you go but oh. um, but still uh, very cool like we you know i i would i absolutely uh would love to hear uh stories that her mom has and oh it's there uh, that would be hilarious i was i was when she was talking about that talking about trying to get her to to write the book i, I was all over that that would be so cool andre the giant yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are guys who are just in general are notorious for having great road stories and, and backstage stories and things like that. And if she spent any amount of time, I'm sure she's got more than enough to, to put together an interesting book. And again, it would, you know, from an interesting perspective too, you know, she wasn't his manager. She wasn't, you know, a ring girl or anything like that. She was his friend. So but uh yeah so we'll uh we'll keep an eye on her uh we will post uh links to her voting for the muscle and fitness competition and to her uh her instagram and the instagram for her and her daughter uh that was cool too yeah yeah uh i think she said they have a facebook page we'll get we'll they get do. all this well we'll they have a, they definitely have an instagram page Okay, well, we'll get all that stuff out there so people can check that out, and uh, I'll be following her for sure. And uh, it's it's you know it's neat because we've got you know now we've had two people on who are getting getting into the pro wrestling world, and I, I think you know we both are hoping that we'll be able to say in a couple of years, you know, we were there talking to her after she had her first session you yeah. know and 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 now look at her you know she's in the may young classic or, or something like that well, so. and how about the cool thing like too both uh both jennifer Haas and, and cam rachel were like completely opposite stories you know oh, yeah jennifer jennifer got into this a little bit later cam right from you know she wanted to do it when she was in high school now but they're both so positive but one of the things um, I don't, she did mention this in, in her interview, uh, Cameron, she actually did jujitsu for a while uh, oh. growing up too. Yeah. She had been doing jujitsu uh, in her, I think, I think she might've been like, you know, eight or nine or something like that into her early teens. And uh, so she actually had a jujitsu background as well. And I've told people if there's one thing you can do, that's not, you know, either amateur wrestling that would help you with, you know, being a professional wrestler. Jiu-Jitsu is a great one. I mean, if you can learn holds and you can learn how to work around and manipulate somebody's body like that, it's great. I mean, that's a, that's a great skill to have. And it's not something that is often taught in professional wrestling schools. So that's something you kind of need to bring from the outside. It's like RVD, you know, learned kickboxing and he learned uh, martial arts because, when he was getting into the business, the only guy he could find who had a wrestling ring was actually a karate instructor. And he would let them use the ring, but only if they were full-time karate students. And so he ended up learning all of that and then incorporating that into his, his style. But that's something he would have. Yeah. You know, I mean, he eventually, you know, trained with Sabu, you know, for the wrestling aspect of everything, but 
or uh, the the original Sheik, I should say, uh, alongside Sabu. But um, but again, he wouldn't have had that martial arts uh, aspect to throw in there if he hadn't, you know, been doing that on his own. So uh, so yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited with this, the somewhat new direction. We've had a couple of interviews under the belt. I know you and I have talked about some more interview potentials down the line that we've got lined up. Yeah, we've got yeah. some fun stuff coming up. Yeah, uh, we have one. Uh, we've already we've already done with someone who will be coming out soon, and then uh, we also have a couple of people who we've talked to and agreed to come on the show, and I'm excited to get them on as well. So. Uh, you know, we will take our guests where we can and, and, you know, we'll try to expose people to a lot of different, different types, you know, people who are, you know, out there who are good stories to, to learn about. And then people who I, I, I think it's fun for us to bring some people in from our own lives and our inner circle. You know, I think it kind of gives people a perspective on us and also a chance for us to have some fun with some of our friends and, bring them on here too now unfortunately you have a very uh uh sh short bench you know when it comes to you know friends and people who like you so i'll probably have to carry that but you can help bring in like the the celebrity you know up and comers and things like that you know but we, we both have our strengths so i'll 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 go yeah, to the you know but the, i mean you know and you never know you might make a friend somewhere along the way maybe little notoriety if i pay him might, might make a friend Could the notoriety be. of the show oh yeah. I, I like how you slid that one in <laughs> you know i do have a thousand videos on it on the youtube yeah and who's your number one most watched video clearly you all right well i think that's well, top three all that needs to be said so top three my friend yeah yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm uh, fortunately I'm humble and <laughs> am a very grounded, <clears throat> grounded individual. I don't uh, wave that flag too hard, uh, but uh, you know, I take it for what it is. But uh, you know, you gotta you just gotta keep you gotta keep looking, John. You know, we'll we'll find we'll find people we'll find someone out there for you. You know. Thanks. So you're very, you're, and you're also very benevolent. Yeah. Well, you know, I again don't like to toot my own horn, but uh, that's all you do. I do. I do like to. You got your hand on the horn all the time. I I I I I, I try to help the humans. You know, I try to help the the, the rest Thanks, of the friend. world. So. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh man. So uh, what else is going on? Uh, so I, I guess we can kind of get into this real quick. Uh, um, I, I had posted something the other day and you said this might be worth talking about. So, uh, you know, we talked, uh, we talked, I think it was the first episode, we talked about uh, the rewriting of history in, in regards to, at the time we were talking about Peacock and, and what they were doing with the right. WWE network and cutting out things that they thought might be racist or a little uh, too sensitive uh, not PC for today's today's world. So the other day, I'm flipping through, uh, you know, the news on my phone and whatever, and I see there's an article about how Disney wants to rename uh, the ship that Boba Fett from Star Wars, the the bounty hunter. Okay, 
uh, wanted to rename his ship, which is called the Slave One, because they thought that that had some sort of uh, um, racist undertones to it. And uh, that irked me. That irked me. And now I, I have a few reasons why. Go ahead. You're holding up your hand. Well, I, the question I have, I'm not nearly as, as much of a Star Wars aficionado as you. So my, my lead-off question would be that the ship that you're referring to, are you referring to they want to rewrite the past and change the name, retro change it, or going forward they're changing the name? Well, either way, I don't agree with it. But I um, my here's here's okay so here's one of the this leads into one of my first points okay so boba fett comes into the star wars series in empire strikes back okay when uh han solo is put into carbonite he's done so to test it out you know before they try using it on luke but the bounty hunter's been hunting han solo at the behest of job of the hut okay so uh, you see him put him into the ship, and he flies off with him, okay? You see Boba Fett in the next movie in Return of the Jedi because he's at Jabba's palace, and he's got Han, you know, locked up there, and he just, you know, he's hanging out, just, you know, probably had nowhere else to go. Uh, at no point in any of the movies do they say the name of the ship. So there's nothing they need to go back into as far as Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi to say anything about it. I also don't think that because at that point you don't see the bounty hunter, you don't see uh, Boba Fett come back until the new series, The Mandalorian, and that's in the second season, and then he starts becoming a character. Even in that, at no point do they say or make mention of the ship. Okay, so there's nothing they need to do as far as going back retroactively okay. to do it. The only reason you would know what the name of the ship was is if you were a big enough Star Wars fan that you. You know, you'd either know it because if you bought the toy, it would say it on the box. Because I had the Slave One. It was a real nice one, and I had it hanging up in my room. And uh, so maybe you would know it from that. Or if you got one of those books that has, like, you know, all the, the diagrams and dimensions and stuff of all the different ships and stuff, it would be labeled as the Slave One. So it's, it's, it's something that few people would have even known was the name of the ship anyway. Now, going forward, if they're going to make you know because they are coming out with a boba fett series called the book of boba fett maybe within that they you know want to call it something else i guess i don't know but here's here's a couple of points and why i have a problem with this okay number one he was a bounty hunter okay i thought the ship to some end was an appropriate name for what he did there's also about a million different races in the star wars universe it's almost like it would be too much time and effort to be racist in this universe. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I guess, sure, maybe you don't like Wookiees or something like that. But at that point, it's, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, like, I, I, I doubt I doubt that, like, he really had, I, I just never got the opinion that there was much racism in the Star Wars universe. I never, I never saw anybody who was like, you know, really adamant against, you know, a specific species or some sort. Um, and I guess that the, the the concern is that you know, bringing up the the name slavery or the word slave 
is it's sensitive because you know in america we of course had slavery um there's been slavery all over the world forever but um you know if you're talking on the home frontier it's certainly a part of our past um however i don't think that this ties into that in any way i just don't see like where you would hear that and then associate what he did or, or or the ship or anything like that with with any of that so and by that logic if for some reason they're saying like the name slave or the concept of slavery is offensive and needs to be removed then they would have to scrap the entire first episode because anakin skywalker and his mother were both slaves to Watto on tatooine this whole thing was he grew up a slave and then Qui-Gon came and he freed him. And then Anakin always said that he was going to come back to Tatooine and free the slaves. But he himself was a slave. So if we can't talk about slavery in in that way, I mean, what, you know, then then I guess that movie's got to go. You know, I mean, like, what are they what are they going to do? And my final point in this, we've talked about the rewriting of history legitimate history things that have actually happened had influence and impact on our society this is science fiction none of this has ever happened none of it is real nobody it's it's all it's all a big cartoon you know so i don't i just don't get it and i just you know we talked about it on the on that first episode and we said you know who knows where this is going to go but here we go again this is another step. I mean, like, this is such a small, tiny little thing. Like I said, this is like, this is a piece of trivia for most people. Like, if I had asked you before any of this and I said, well, what was the name of Boba Fett's ship? Would you have any idea? I am not a huge Star Wars guy, so no, I would have absolutely no clue. No. But I mean, even 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 just if you're a casual enough Star Wars fan, let's say if you watched, you watched just the first, you know, three movies. I, I watched the first three. Yeah, yeah, you've seen four or five and six. You've seen them a bunch of times, you know, whatever. Again, you would have no idea what the name of the ship was. The only ship yep. they, the, the, they only specified the names of like three ships for the most part, you know, with, a, you know, and that was the Millennium Falcon. That one I know. They had X-Wings that the good guys yes. flew. And then the TIE Fighters were the bad guys. Now, yes. there were TIE Bombers and there were Y-Wings and stuff, and they might have maybe slipped that in there once in a while. But other than that, you really didn't know the names of the ships. You knew that you know who what the good guys had, what the bad guys had, and then the Millennium Falcon was almost a character un, unto itself. But nobody ever said anything about Boba Fett's ship. I mean, even, I mean, Boba Fett never even, I mean, he had like two lines in the entire, out of both movies he was in. So, I mean, he hardly even talked himself. But I mean, I don't understand. I, I agree with your point. I don't understand just because he had a ship that was named Slave One. That's not glorifying slavery. That's not encouraging slavery. That's not picking one specific group or ethnicity as slaves. Right. It's it's just a silly name for a a, a, a ship or yeah. uh, you know. So I don't. But then what? Then we can't have bad guys anymore either. We have to eliminate them. Well, exactly. I mean, it just, you know, again, I mean, this is a rabbit hole we could go down for a long time. So I'm not going to you know, get long winded about it. But it was just one thing I saw where I was just like, this is this has got to get some. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to this is. But, you know, Disney just 
I, I, I sometimes I just feel like they just do this stuff for attention. You know, it's just to get more. Yeah, and I, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah, just for some publicity or something. And I mean, I suppose they're getting it out of me because I'm sitting here talking about it. You know, they riled me up. They got they got me to to look at it and everything. But I am not. Uh, I just I just don't understand the logic behind. But it. You, I, your point is valid. We, we tying this all into wrestling, which we've discussed. Wrestling is much like fictional character, fictional movies. Wrestling yeah. is about caricatures. Now, granted, there are some that you, you you wouldn't use the same characters going forward. We've progressed from that. Right. But sure. the time and the place where they back in those in that day. That was part of the, the culture. And it's not glorifying it, but it was there. And maybe learn from it and maybe change it going forward. But to erase it is to erase history and to erase growth, I think. Exactly, because we can't ever learn from the past if we don't have access to it. If we're just going to erase it or tuck it under the blanket, you know, and not let anyone see it. I, I don't I don't get it. And and to me, the slave one, the name for the ship, you know, he's supposed to be a feared bounty hunter. I think it's an intimidating name for the ship. I think it fit. I think it made sense. So I get why he would call it that. He was not someone who you wanted knocking at your door because if Boba Fett found you, you were going with him. But I don't know. So I won't beat it to death, but Something to keep your eye on. That's all. Just well, since since that last uh, podcast where we talked about it, I started thinking through movies. I haven't really compiled the list because I didn't go that deep into it, but I did start to think of TV shows and movies and what might be next. And it is scary thought. I mean, you think of some of the shows that were on, some of the yep. movies that, that were out, and you think of you know either a character or a scene or whatever. You know, even Seinfeld. Seinfeld had the the, the famous scene where uh, Jerry was dating, I believe, an Asian woman, and then Kramer yeah. did Kramer did kind of a, an Indian joke, and they, the whole thing was about you know not using Indian terms and all that. Is that going to be eliminated? Right, and I've thought about things like you know one of my favorite all time shows, of course, is Three's Company. Here you have a straight guy pretending to be gay so that he can live with two girls in this apartment. So the, right there, the concept itself could be considered offensive. And yes. if they tried doing that today in today's climate, it would not fly. Now throw on top of that Mr. Roper and Ralph Furley and their jokes that went along with that. There's no way in hell that would air today. However, no. it's on at 3 p.m. on uh, Antenna TV where I live for two episodes every day. And I think that's great. But how long before somebody says, you know, people shouldn't be watching this? Because ultimately it's still, I mean, they're not, I was going to say like they're delivering the same message regardless, but they're not even deliver. They're not delivering a message. It was a situational comedy. It was, it was, you know, or like a show like bosom buddies, you know, oh, sure two, yeah. Two guys who have to uh, dress like women so that they can live in apartments. Apartments are very hard to get into apparently in the eighties. It was, oh, you, had a, you had a, <laughs> you had to really go to some great lengths to get a decent apartment at a reasonable price. But, uh, <laughs> well, but yeah, yeah there's, 
Well, here's another one on the Game Show Network. You know, I'm a big fan of the Game Show Network. Sure. Yeah. Let's take it back to, and they air it all the time. 1975-ish, mid 70s, the match game. You yeah. had um, you had Charles Nelson Riley, who oh, was clearly CNR, uh, yeah. a gay man. Yeah. And they were always making jokes about him and about gays, mm-hmm. and the show is still on and still airing. Why is it that show off the air? Well, and then I've noticed on what's happening and what's happening now, they were never shy about fat jokes on there. You right. know, they they gave it they gave it to rerun all the time. I mean, every chance they could, especially D. You know, laying oh, into yeah. re, laying into rerun. But then even like Shirley, you know, they 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 go after her with the fat jokes. Uh, Raj's mother was big, and you know, now granted, you had to have you know, some balls to give her, you know, any, any crap, but oh, Mabel uh, King. yeah, Mabel King. Yeah. But it's still, you know, and they weren't shy about it. So it was funny because, you know, they did what's happening and then years later they end up doing what's happening now. And you can tell that there was no progression in that whatsoever because right. as, as far as like, you know, fat shaming or anything like that, because they had just as many, if not more fat jokes in the new version of the show than anything. And then another show I've noticed that with as well was give me a break yeah they they constantly they not only did they make fat jokes about nell all the time and and the chief for that matter but uh but she made fat jokes you know or she would you know and and so like about other people too and uh and again you know, do I think there's anything wrong with these shows? No, but if we go down this road of sensitivity, we're gonna what? Just get rid of all of these these classic TV shows? You know, they still had good messages in a lot of them, and they still had you know lessons to be learned, and and were funny and entertaining, and they were and they weren't mean spirited. You know, no. what they weren't they weren't attacking people, but the humor at the time that's the way it was. If you go back and then. Uh, you know, on an even grander scale, you go back through the history of stand-up comedy from now until the, it's in, back to its inception. Comics have been ripping on people and making fun of people of all types yes. since the day jokes were 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 told. You know, it just that is the whole point of a joke, you, right? You, you know? made fun of something. Don Rickles' entire career was tearing people apart. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> so, exactly. No, I mean he was he 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 tended to go after people's intelligence and things like well, that more more than anything. Community. But but then still, yeah, again, you could still say there's a community of people out there that would take great offense to it. And the thing is, is obviously you're not going to please everybody, and some people will be offended. But I just say, if you're offended by something, you steer away from it and you find a different place to get your entertainment that's not offensive to you. I. If I thought something was offensive or rubbed me the wrong way, I wouldn't watch the show. I wouldn't watch the movie or go see the comic or whatever, or listen to the band or whatever it was. I would go find something I liked better. Now, we have we have said there are certain lines. The Cleveland Indians, Washington Redskins, absolutely. I, I, I see that. that You can't use the Cleveland Indians logo of the, the big cartoonish. I always, thought, I always thought he looked Italian. I always <laughs> I never well, even... now I take now I take offense to that. <laughs> I, I, well, it was just I, I don't know, like the, the he had like the 
he had like a mustache or something that just like he looked like he should be on a pizza box or something. It wasn't well, even like you know the, the Atlanta Braves had Chief Nakahoma. Yeah, you know, like I can see where that stuff. You know, sure, sure. Weird. But see, but see, here's the thing. It's fine if you see something, and I'm not saying we should. I mean, that's pro- that's progress. We're changing something, and that's perfectly fine going forward. But you, it doesn't mean that you like go into the history books and Absolutely. like take all the, <laughs> the right or take you know you go in like the win loss records of the entire franchise from day one and have to go in with whiteout and rewrite the name of the team or something like right. that. It's, exactly. it's it's like, but that's some of the stuff that they're doing. And that's where now granted, you know, with the slave one thing, you know, they're, it's easier for them because move, like I said, no one ever mentions the ship. So moving forward, they could do it and it would go unnoticed by the majority of people. But, right. um, but like when we were talking more about some of the things they were cutting out of uh, old wrestling uh, productions and shows that's different because now you're erasing what happened and 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 as we discussed before too a lot of those things were taken out of context so i don't know i again i i don't want to go on forever about it but it's it's you know the, the tv shows and i may have mentioned this even the first time we talked about it, i don't know but i mean you look at shows like i dream of genie here you got this beautiful girl in uh, a harem outfit who lives with a man she calls master grants him wishes and he pretty much just takes her for granted keeps her in a bottle when he doesn't want her around and generally is telling her to leave him alone (laughs) right uh bewitched you had a witch a witch who her husband insisted that she not use her powers and that she be a domesticated housewife while he worked and not be different and not get to be who she is, which ultimately shot him in the foot because that was Endora's big problem with him. Her whole, her whole issue with him beyond just the fact that he was mortal. I mean, maybe she could have gotten past that, but the fact that he told her all the time that he didn't want her to be a witch, that's why her mom was so uh, you know, yeah. against him. And I don't blame her because he's telling her not to be who she is. And again, on both situations we've discussed before, what idiot doesn't take advantage of having these? <laughs> these they're both beautiful. They both can make anything happen whatsoever. You're the one guy on the planet who has access to this. Do it for the rest of us, man. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, come on. Well- you know, well, okay, but we could take this a step further too. Let's go into all the 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 buddy cop shows or any of the shows where there's a, a male female partner. The male was always the um, yeah. You had Gates, uh, get smart. You had yeah. you know, Don and, and Feldon, and Feldon always took the back seat. So should we eliminate that because the man is the is the uh, you know the lead and she's subservient, sort of? Right. So, you know, and, and again, these are, these are shows from like, you know, the, the, the late sixties, mid to late sixties. And, you know, I, I can see how you can look at it in that light. You know, I just feel like you can take a lot of things and look at them and, and pick it apart and, and present it and say, well, look at it like this. And this is evil and horrendous and everything. Or you could just take it for what it is and realize that this is not like they weren't trying to brainwash people into making their wife or spouse subservient to them um 
and you know to the credit of the time though that was a reality back right. then housewives were and women were encouraged to be housewives men were very easily threatened and a lot of still are to this day by a woman who might make more money than them or have a higher position in 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 their work than they do uh it's it can be a very big ego uh blow for guys now i think that we are progressing as a civilization to get past that we're not there yet but we're on our way i think uh i think men are getting more comfortable with with the idea of of their of women making more money than them or or, or sharing the same level of status or, or or them having a higher status um so it's just something that speaks to the times but again if you don't see those you know like our generation's different because we kind of grew up with that as kids and stuff but say like my i have a niece she's a year and a half old so as she gets older she may see those shows and say well this is crazy like you know and and just not pay it any mind you know and maybe right. those shows will sort of fade off into obscurity you know as generations move on who knows but i just think that in the interim i i i don't i don't agree with with burying them just because of that those stipulations of those uh, variables so i I, you know, I have to agree with you as much as it pains me to agree with you on something. <laughs> I, I have to agree with you on that. So, uh, well, uh, I think we had fun today, man. It was good. Getting we did. Talk. It was good getting to talk to Jennifer and getting to know her. And uh, again, we will post on, uh, we, we don't, we don't uh, stress enough that we do have a Facebook page. <laughs> I've noticed on this show, uh, but we do have a Facebook page. You can find us on Facebook under the John G or else podcast, the, the, cause there's only one John G or else podcast. Uh, you'll see a picture of, uh, of a very handsome fellow standing alongside John uh, in the profile photo and the cover photo. And who's uh, the bully now? You'll, you'll know, you'll know where you're, you'll know you're in the right place, but we will boast, uh, places, uh, uh, links to get to voting for her as well as her Instagram accounts so that you can follow her and follow her and her daughter on, on their new en endeavor. So, and vote for Jen. We're voting for her. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, but John, let me ask you just one last thing. Yes. If someone was just like really lonely and desperate enough to want to reach out to you, where can they find you on social media? They can find me at John G. Speak on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and JohnGSpeak.com. All right. All right. And uh, I, of course, am... I, I don't know if you can have a limit on how many people follow you. I, I worry that we've well, got three. I think I right? don't want to. I don't want to like break Instagram or anything. But if there's if there is room <laughs> left on Instagram or Twitter, you can find me at Tommy underscore else. Uh, again, we are on on Facebook as well. We uh, we welcome input. Uh, if you have any criticism for John of how he could maybe do better on this show or maybe in life in general, please feel free to reach out to either one of us and we'll, uh, 
wow. to take that all into consideration. If you have any guests you'd like to have on or have us have on or uh, any topics you'd like us to explore, please definitely reach out and let us know. We're happy to uh, to to hear from people who are listening and 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 bring you in part of the show. So. All right, John, I think that's it. And uh, if you could, uh, why don't you take, take us home? Yes. For the John Gerald's podcast, I am John G. And with me, as always, bidding adieu, Tommy Else. Good. That was one of your better ones. <laughs>